Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend and the founder and CEO of startups.com. Today, we're also joined by a bunch of people in a live studio audience, which is Yay. a new one for us. So we're going to see how this goes. Uh, hopefully, they'll all be very polite and quiet and only ask questions <laughs> when called tell. upon. We'll see. We'll see. So look, today, uh, you know, as part of our 100-hour work week this week, Will and I are sneaking in this podcast uh, that's all about exactly what a bunch of bullshit having a 100-hour work week is. Um, you know, it's a good thing Gary Vee is still with us because if he wasn't, he'd be <laughs> spinning in his grave right now because we're about to trod all over his entire shtick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with, without further ado, Will, why don't we talk about, you know, hustle porn and how it's invaded startup founder culture and why we don't necessarily think it's the best thing for everybody. It's literally my entire Twitter feed at this point. My entire Twitter feed <laughs> is everybody telling me how much they're crushing yeah. it and how many right. hours they're working and how their company is working so hard, which is great. Like I dig it. Yes. Like I dig people working hard uh, and I appreciate it. I've done the hundred hour weeks. Uh, Ryan, you have too. Yeah. But I think we've gotten to the point where now we're just glorifying the work, right? Right. And it's like, right. again, there's, we've developed this whole hustle porn mentality where like, we're all like high-fiving each other, like getting the ultimate participation awards for how much we're working. And right. I gotta tell you, like having done both sides, having done the hundred hour weeks and the non hundred hour weeks, I got the same stuff done. Right. Yeah, and it's I, a thing. Turns out the, the meaningful outcomes from that uh, tend to be about the same, whether you did 40 hours or a hundred hours um, and that just maps back to how much time we can actually spend productively in a week. All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. It's, it's a lot of things. I think one, it sets the wrong tone because a lot of this comes from the founders, yes. right? And I think that that's part of the problem. The, the founders set this tone that we've got to you know kill ourselves and work so hard. And this isn't about hard work. Yeah. It's about this excessive nuance of hard work, right? right. That it's, it's Elon Musk telling all his people that we have to work, you know, uh, nights and weekends forever in order to make this company successful. And it's like, look, there's a time and a place to buckle up, right? Like there, yep. there is, right? Yep. We've definitely pulled our share of overnighters, even post-enlightenment around this, right? But those are few and far between. Yeah. The thing that bothers me though, Ryan, is like, I hear these entrepreneurs talking about how they're, they're, they're killing it and, and all these things. And I'm like, dude, what did you actually get done? I mean, <laughs> I, like, like <laughs> I understand the work part, but like yeah. your startup is no further ahead. And, right. um, and I think, I think we've just gotten into this, this goofy celebration of, um, the effort. And like I said, it feels like this weird, like reminiscent participation award. Like, you know, I showed up and therefore I should be rewarded. And it's like, that's not what this is about. If you're spending a hundred hours a week and you still can't get shit done, there's something wrong with your week. Right? Yeah, like, that's exactly. Not okay, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, and and again, like I think in the absence of having other amazing things to talk about, you know, as we we've talked about on numerous other podcasts, this is a marathon, right? You know what's yes. not really fun to watch? 
all of the marathon, right? I, I enjoy watching people <laughs> run across the finish line. That's cool. But like watching all of the marathon isn't necessarily that exciting for third party viewers, right? So there is this desire to be able to share what we're going through and to have people have some understanding. And I, I think that one of the challenges, one of the places this comes from for a lot of founders is that in absence of this, they don't have much else to talk about that other people can relate to, right? We, we've, we've stumbled yeah. across this in a number of ways, Will, where we just don't see founders sharing meaningful stuff in their social media, for example, because most of it's irrelevant to their social circle, right? Outside of the other people who are in fact founders, there just isn't a lot for people to glom onto there and say, oh, I get this, right? These tiny little, you know, seemingly meaningless milestones to anybody outside the business are really impactful to us as founders, but they don't make for good social snippets, right? right. So right. the one thing that other people can relate to is this total input of time, right? Oh, wow, you're working 100 hours a week. Um, <laughs> the one that I usually get feedback on this is like, when I say stuff like that, people are like, um, am I supposed to feel sorry for you? This is a self-inflicted wound, Ryan. You chose this path, right? The same thing we get all the time as founders whenever we talk about how difficult our lives are. They're like, but you picked this, right? You chose this life. Yeah, yes and no. Um, this life chose me. Nothing I can do about it. Um, <laughs> well, look, Ryan, from my standpoint, here's here's where I start. And I think this is where a lot of folks kind of, um, where this argument breaks down or a lot of folks go the wrong direction. The idea is if I'm working nights and weekends, I must be super dedicated. Right. And, and therefore, I should should be applauded. My investors should be excited because I'm work, working yeah. all these hours. Right. My employees should be inspired because, you know, we're working all these hours. And right. at a high level, that makes sense. Who doesn't love dedication? Here's where it breaks. Yeah. It breaks because the moment someone steps in and says, OK, show me the work. Show me what 100 hours looks like for you. Show me every hour. Let's, let's, let's throw it on a, a spreadsheet and let's look at every hour you spent. Here's a couple things that never hold up. I know this because I did it to myself for years. Yep. I can tell you firsthand, it didn't hold up. It is impossible to have 100 hours or whatever your hours are. It could be 80 hours, whatever, of nonstop output, right? Yep. You can have input. You spent time doing shit, but the output where stuff comes out the other side and you actually have productivity to show for it is so rare. I'll give you an example. I have, on a good day, two to three hours of actual true output. Time where I sit down and I get something meaningful done on a good day, right? Yeah. And, you know, Ryan, you've worked with me for a long time. Like, like I'm a pretty high output person. Yep. But then you got to ask yourself, I spend 12 hours a day, right? I, I wake up at 5 a.m. today, woke up, woke up at 3.45, but that's a different story. Yes, you did. Which, by the way, <laughs> in my time zone is... 135. So yeah, the Slack messages bed. are not all that welcome. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm, throw that I'm not there. bragging about it. I just couldn't sleep. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I put in 12 hours a day, right? But I don't have to, which is to say, if I were to break down, and I have, I want to go into this. If I were to break down the actual hours that I will have yep. spent today on what was productive, you know, it's funny. This is it. All the folks yep. listening right now, <laughs> this is probably going to be my one this hour of hour. useful time. The rest of the time was, was fairly uh, shitty, if I'm being honest. Um, so what we're really talking about is how many useful hours do you have in a day? We're talking about peak performance, peak creativity, peak whatever it is that you do. And it's typically two to three. What happens to the rest of the hours? 
right? Like, they where get does spent. That time- it's just like your Facebook budget, right? It'll always all get spent. Just most of it's not all that useful. <laughs> CMO talking. Uh, no, I agree. And so from my standpoint, when I think about, hey, I'm a pretty high output person. I kind of know what I'm doing. I've been at this for a long time. And that's as many hours as I have. When I hear somebody else telling me, hey, I put in 16 hours today. I scratch my head. I'm like, what the hell did you do? Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I started asking myself the same question, right? I was putting in insane hours. And Ryan, if you recall, this was right around the time uh, you and I uh, both had our daughters, right? Yes. Yep. And uh, we couldn't spend more hours, right? All of a sudden at six o'clock, we had to go somewhere, right? Like, yep. It was like the streetlights came on. We had to yeah. go back, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Game so, over. So for the first time, all the hours weren't free. Like we couldn't just spend as many hours as we wanted to, right? And so for the first time, I actually had to go in and say, damn, like I have to be somewhere at six o'clock. I just can't work six more hours. So what am I actually getting done? So I took the time and I put everything into a spreadsheet. I started basically time tracking all of my time. We actually did this. So for everybody listening, Will and I did this and, and quite militantly. We had spreadsheets where we tracked what the hours of input were, what types of tasks we were working on different times a day, and where we got the best productivity from those. And, and we both found some really, really interesting things. And I, what did we do that for? Two, three weeks, uh, yeah. the, the journaling, yeah. right? Yeah, L- long enough that it was depressing. Super helpful. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So here's what we found. It turns out, uh, kind of like that, that concept of uh, the fish will go to the size of its fishbowl. Yep, 100%. If you give yourself more hours, you'll just spend more hours, right? But like anything else, if you constrain your hours, you'll just lop off the stuff that's least productive, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happened was we started to look at our days and we said, how much time is spent on Slack, on email, this before Slack, on chat in that case, um, and meetings and all this stuff. And it turned out that the bulk of our time, Ryan, if you recall, was just bullshit. Said differently, we didn't need it. We actually yep. didn't need it, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it was. That was the thing. So it was like, as you move down that hierarchy of tasks, there were certainly things that were really high value. Then there were things where there was kind of marginal value added. And then it turned out that some of that stuff, if I just didn't do it, nothing changed, right? A lot of that were things like responding to meeting requests, right? I just started ignoring some of the meeting requests. Yeah, and if people that. didn't invite me again and again, I assumed they figured out whatever the hell it was without me. Even better, right? Email response, right? I used to think that it was my personal job in life to respond to every email that came into me. Turns out it's not, right? I didn't ask for those emails. I didn't need to respond to those folks. So just cutting out some of the stuff, it just it was just absolute time wasting, right? And what originally the thought was, look, we'll identify things that we can cut out, right? We can compress time down and not all of it will fit, but some of it will still need to get done. And therefore we can we can source it to somebody else, right? A VA can do it. You know, somebody else on the team can do it. I was amazed at how many things just got cut completely and just never came back. I thought there would be a larger number of tasks that still had value, still needed to get done, but somebody else could do them. And yes, there were tasks like that, but the vast majority of things that got cut off my plate got cut off the menu entirely. That was really, really interesting to see. It also forced you to prioritize, which is the key to all of this, right? Um, if you give yourself 16 hours, you'll spend 16 hours doing shit. If you give yourself 100%. six hours, you'll spend six hours doing shit, right? Yep. It's amazing how the constraint is helpful. You know what a cool use of that extra six to eight hours is? Sleep. Sleeping. Sleeping <laughs> is good. Spending time I with like your sleeping. family. Or, like whatever else, man. Like, I, like, 
the whole point is you, you can't keep pace at that rate. It just, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're, you're constantly depleting the tank at that point and you're going to get diminishing returns. Like maybe every once in a while I can pull a hundred hour a week if really necessary, like the virtual acquisition, right? It's yeah. the one I always go back to. And that was the last time that was really that level of gargantuan effort and time was required. And that's because it was actually required. The yeah, universe yeah. demanded had, there's that. There's no way us. around it. We yeah. were doing diligence. We were trying to de facto run the company, um, figure out if we even wanted to buy it, let alone can we. Right. Um, and, and we've talked about that before, so I need to go into details. But that was really the last time I can remember that that level of output was required, right? It's not the last time I did it, but it was the right. last time where I look back and go, there wasn't a way around that. There wasn't a way around that to get the same outcome that we got, right? We could have just slept that week. And we wouldn't have virtual, and virtual wouldn't exist. A lot of people would have lost their jobs. A lot of people lot would have lost people, their yeah. assistance. Agreed. Yeah, so there were consequences to that. I think that's the other thing that's really important to look at here is what are the consequences to not spending that time? And in most cases, like we found through the journaling and through the, through the charting of that time, there weren't severe consequences for not doing that stuff. There are times where there will be. Uh, but by and large, it's really a matter of being smart about your time management and being honest with yourself about what you're actually getting done. You bet. And so now when folks are saying, hey, I'm overloaded or I'm working all these hours, et cetera, and this is a management thing, uh, our response is why? Like, mm-hmm. like what, specifically, and it's, it's not us trying to like, yep. you know, put them in a negative light. It's quite literally like, let's sit down, let's chart out the time and let's double check that where you're spending your time either can't be done more efficiently or by the way, doesn't necessarily need to be done the way you're doing it. Or sure. lo and behold, shouldn't be done at all. Shouldn't be done like, at all. Yep. Like if you're spending six hours a day on a task that's you know keeping you up at night and we can find a better way to do that, like, holy cow, let's, let's get it out of there. I think as managers, we should be reducing as much of people's time as possible, right? Not just like loading them up with tasks. And I think yeah. that mentality yep. starts to build. It does. I think it's, it's a matter of prioritization and then reprioritization that one of the things I'll find is that when we dig into, I have people do work journaling fairly frequently, right? Just to be able to understand where are they spending their time? Are they having trouble with prioritization or do they need me to reprioritize things for them? And it will often come to light that the reason that they're out of time is that they haven't shifted their priorities with the shifting priorities in the organization. And this is way more of an issue in a startup company than in a corporate environment, for example, or a small business because our priorities shift so often. And even, you know, as the teams start to grow, there's things changing all the time. People are being assigned new tasks. We're trying something new. They're wearing a different hat. They're getting that, you know, lateral exposure to something they haven't done before. And as such, they stuck with whatever prioritization was laid out for them to begin with or whatever they determined was most important. And when you dig back into it, it's like, well, this isn't really that important anymore, or you don't need to be spending as much time on this as you did originally when this was a strategic initiative. Now it's just tactical getting shit done, right? So now that we're at the execution level, could somebody else execute it? Can we build something to make execution easier? Can we buy something off the shelf that'll get this done? Um, and oftentimes, and, and this isn't insignificant, and we're not like talking about like fine-tuning optimization. We've gone right. in, you and I recently will, and gone in and found like 20 hours in people's work weeks where it's like, we can do away with that. So you now have 20 hours to reprioritize on things that we find more important. And those are not insignificant gains. That's half of somebody's week back on the table for new work to get done. So all of a sudden, we change the mentality within our org yes. from look how many hours I'm working to look how much I'm getting done in fewer hours. 
I think one of the things yes. we did, whether we intended to or not, was we made everybody go home at six o'clock. Actually, I yeah. take that back. <laughs> I don't think we made, I think everybody just went home at six o'clock. I just yeah. think we dealt with it. But the point is we got into this habit uh, where everyone left at six o'clock. So you had to get your work done by six o'clock. Yeah. Well, guess what? It forced everybody to be more efficient. And again, we look at the 100-hour week as some massive inefficiency. Like something's way broken if we're seeing that. And we need to put a stop to it right away. And I think that's important. Yeah. We're not handing out honor badges for, for putting in time, right? Now, if, if you are in one of those periods where it's necessary and we can see they're actually hammering out output at the same time and good things are happening, awesome. It's still not sustainable, right? So right. even if you are able to do that for a short period of time, it's got a limited run, right? You're just going to wear yourselves out. Um, I think. Everybody listening to this, if you've been a founder for more than a couple of weeks, you've probably tasted some burnout, right? Yeah, and of course. this is where it comes from. It's just running ourselves ragged without purpose. And, you know, the, the, the flip side of this is not only is it deleterious and short-lived, it can often lead to lower quality output, right? So you may be That's putting in 100 hours and actually still getting less done than you would if you were putting in 34 hours, uh, 30 to 40 hours of quality, quality output, right? So when you abuse yourself, your work product will suffer, right? And particularly as founders, where a lot of this is really, really high value targets that we're chasing down, really cerebral work, when you're not rested or when you're constantly shifting gears from one thing to another without any real prioritization behind it, you're gonna suffer. Your business is gonna suffer. The team's gonna suffer. Right. Um, and you touched on this before, Will, but I think it really is important. Um, this spreads throughout the organization in the same way that, you know, when we started leaving at six uh, for to get home to the kids, everybody else started leaving at six as well. Conversely, if we were there until 930 at night, people were dragging their feet around trying to find things to do to fill their time to be there with us. Not because they had anything meaningful to do, but because it looked like they needed to be. Optically, it was important to show that they were as dedicated as we were. Um, and on one hand, you like to see that as a founder, but on the other hand, you know you're doing damage to the team at that point. Uh, and so we have to be really, really aware that we are the pace car for all of this stuff and that people will suffer um, needlessly uh, if, if we're not careful about the tone that we set for the organization. You know, by the way, I just want to mention, if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So, any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Well, actually, let's stick with that though. Sure. We're sitting there killing ourselves and then on top of it, we're telling everybody how much we're crushing it. Right? Mm. And this, this, <laughs> this kills me because I've met a million founders that yeah. all have said they're crushing it and they're very rarely crushing it, right? Like, and, and I'm not, I'm not knocking the founder. What I'm saying is they're not, they're not crushing it in the way they're supposed to. What they should right. be saying is right. that we're making profit. You know, uh, we're increasing the value of the enterprise. Um, but if I were to find replace, I'm crushing it with what they're actually crushing. They're crushing the amount of productive hours they would have otherwise yeah. had. They're crushing their health, their savings. They're crushing everything, but what they think they're crushing. Yeah. Their social lives. Yes. And I, I can't stand this phrase anymore. I used to love it because it sounded like kind of, you know, uh, tough. But anymore, it just, it just kind of gotten perverted. 
into this thing that just to me means you're so far off the mark. Right. I think when we hear that, I want to be able to step back, first call bullshit on it. What are you crushing specifically? Yeah. Right? Your soul. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more. <laughs> That's kind of a given, right? But but seriously, like uh, tell me exactly what you're crushing. Well, the company's, you know, growing um 50% month over month. Holy shit, that is crushing it, right? That's amazing, right? right? But if you if you peel back the onion, we keep getting this this conflation of I'm crushing it with I'm just putting in so much work, right? Yeah. Putting yeah. in work ain't crushing it, right? I can put in all the work, but if I keep losing every game, right, it doesn't yes. really matter. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And even even if even if everything is going well, so let's say, you know, they are hitting the profit targets, they are onboarding the right team members, everything's going the right direction. Even then, if you ask to dig in and show me, okay. Out of those 100 hours, let's just throw Pareto right at this. Out of those 100 hours, where were the 20 that produced 80% of those results? Because we know it's going to exist in there somehow. Statistically, that's what's going to be the case. And so it's, it's a correlation uh, that we're missing there, right? They, they, yes, they're, they're, they're correlated, but they're not necessarily causal. Yes, you're putting in 100 hours and your company's doing well, but is it because you're putting in 100 hours? I would posit most times no, it doesn't right. have a direct impact on that. Um, said differently, if you, you know, and of course it makes way better poster, right? Crush it, looks great on a Startup Vitamins poster. Go home, get some rest, be mindful, and focus on your wellness and your, your, your family's well-being doesn't make as good a poster, right? But I think it makes for a better founder. And I would argue that when you do spend that time on self-care and you do prioritize and you do focus on what really matters the most, you're going to get far more out of yourself. You're going to get far more out of the startup company. But it's just, it's not glorified in the same way at all. We are starting to see the conversation uh, take place, which I'm happy about. People are starting to focus more on themselves. Um, you know, <laughs> I think you and I were joking about this yesterday, uh, day before maybe, but this, you know, we've got these younger generations. Uh, they're far more mindful. They're far more focused on their well-being. Um, and they too are, are railing back against this, the crush it movement a little bit. We were kind of hypothesizing they may have taken it a little bit too far where there's, there's so little crush to what they're doing. They're just pure mindfulness all the time that nothing's going to happen, right? That also can occur. You're like, look, I've boiled my work week down to two hours of hyperproductive work. How's the company doing? We're failing. Okay, cool. That doesn't work either, right? It's got to be a balance here somewhere, folks. Well, look, if you were to say I'm crushing it, then you were to pen at what cost, right? Yes, uh, Elon Musk has, you know, all the Tesla folks crushing it. You know who doesn't give a shit about you crushing it? Your kids. <laughs> yeah. They'd like to see you from time to time, right? You know, yeah. you're not looking back on, man, I'm so glad dad never came home. He's crushing yep. it, right? He crushed it. Yeah, he you, crushed your spouse. You crushed spouse my like, childhood. Yeah. So glad I don't see you anymore, right? Your friends who haven't seen you in two and a half years and you haven't been able to yep. make a barbecue, right? No one loves the fact Nobody that you're crushing that. it. Like you're crushing yeah. actually all the most important shit in your life, Right. At, at the expense of, of everything, right? Yes. And so in, in my mind, um, when, we, when we hear somebody saying, I'm crushing it, one, we got to validate, right? What are you crushing exactly, right? If you're crushing hours, you're, it's probably a massive waste of time. You shouldn't be bragging about it, right? Second, at what cost, right? Because yeah. whenever I see people get into this mentality of bragging about the work, they also want validation, Right. You know, hey, yes. I worked really hard, you know, and I, I want to be high fived for it. I'm not posting it on Twitter for any other reason. But that's an important point that we'll stick there for a second, because I think there, there's two things there. Right. They're looking for validation. 
and you've kind of touched on this before, but I'm going to call it out more specifically. I think in a lot of ways, it's a call for help, right? It's, it's them saying, I don't have anything more specific to talk about. There isn't something, there, there isn't a piece of this output that matters more to me. Uh, so the only thing that I can tell you about is how much time I'm spending doing this stuff. And, right. and so to, to some degree, it's at least they may not even know it's a call for help or it may not be an implicit call for help. But when I hear this from a founder, and you said this before, our first question is, why? Why are you spending 100 hours on this? Are you that bad at what you do that it takes this long? Are you that uncertain about what's going to have the most impact that you're just machine gunning time across the calendar and saying, well, I hope some of this sticks and I hope this makes my business better? Um, and, and I think that's largely true. Uh, so anyways, didn't mean to, to, to no, cut you well, off, but I, it's an important point. I agree, man. It's all the relationships, but it's also the other aspects of your life. I'm crushing yeah. it. Brother, you are living off of credit cards right now, right? That is yes. not crushing it. Crushing it's is when you make profit, right? Crushing Jeff debt. Jeff Bezos is crushing Pending. right? <laughs> like like <laughs> right. that's crushing it, right? Um, running, up, running yourself into debt um, and then bragging about the work is not crushing it, right? You crush it when you get out of debt, not when you rack up right. debt, right? right. Um, it's Again, this whole thing has gotten so perverted into the wrong connotation. And I love giving founders high five, and we do this for a living. Yes. I don't want to be giving high, high fives over the wrong stuff. I don't want to be no. giving people high fives over things that are destroying their families. I don't want to give people right. high fives over things that are, that are running themselves into personal ruin. We all take on debt. We all, you know, um, you know, risk time with our families. I'm not saying it's not part of the process, but let's not get a high five for it, right? Right. <laughs> you know, like right. Let's let's right. say, hey, I'm working really hard. Here's what I'm getting done, and it really sucks that you know I'm running up my bank accounts or, or that I'm not seeing my kids. That's a very honest, you know, uh, assessment <laughs> yeah. of what's happening. Right. And I think Ryan, like founder to founder, we're the only people that can keep each other in check, right? We can say, yeah. hey, man, that's cool, but like. What are, what's the other costs that you're dealing with right now? And start to unpack that a little bit. Because the worst yeah. thing we can do to a junkie is keeping them more drugs, right? And that's essentially right. what's that, happening. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. And, and I think that that's, it's a great point. And so, you know, a little shameless plug here for Founders Group, but like that's a, a big part of what we're providing there. When you don't have a cohort of founders around you, you end up delivering to the audience what they can absorb, right? And this is why we revert back to things like, here's how many hours I spent, or, you know, here's, here's how, you know, I worked all weekend at the, at the office, or, you know, we pulled an all-nighter or whatever, because people can relate to that even if they're not founders. They at least understand the concept of, wow, you're putting in a lot of time. You're spending an important personal resource to do this, right? right? When we have founders around us who have that same contextual background and they're on that same playing field, they understand the, the nuance. And so we don't have to revert to this hyperbolic statement around, oh, I just put all my time goes to this thing. It's, it's consuming me uh, completely. Um, and it's super important, right? But if you don't have founders in your life, you don't have much else to, to go on, right? They right. don't understand the challenges. They're not going to get what would motivate us to do that in the first place? And that's really the important part here. Again, if I'm treating the 100-hour work week as a proxy for a call to help, that's the important part of this, right? Somebody's signaling that things are not going the way they should, and they're masking it by saying they're crushing it and spending 100 hours a week. This is an important piece to unpack with that individual. But again, if you don't have that shared context, really, really hard to do, right? Try to do this with any of your non-startup friends. Um, 
doesn't go well. They're just like, they don't have the context. They don't have the ability to be empathetic. They can maybe be sympathetic, but again, like I get it batted back at me all the time, which is like, you decided to do this. So you've earned, you know, what, what you asked for. And, and so I think it is important to make sure that you do have those founders in your life that you can go to with this stuff, uh, because they're going to give you a very different response, very different level of understanding and empathy than somebody who's not doing this can. I've been doing this daily now. And so yeah. I think in, in my personal opinion, um, you know, social media is the, the massive culmination of all of this. Like prior to social yeah. media, you could crush it kind of in like five people knew about it. But now it feels like social media is designed specifically to let everyone know how much you're crushing it in life. Like when yep. I go through Facebook and this isn't specific to founders, all I get is everybody's best of mix of mixtape, right? Of all the greatest things that they're doing <laughs> yeah. and how they're crushing things at right. life. And it's, I mean, it's total bullshit. We won't even get into that. But I think what happens is, particularly in the founder community, is that we keep hearing how everyone's crushing it and how everyone's doing so well, which is yep. so funny because this business that we're in is a total shit show, right? Yep. <laughs> There's no version of this where any of us wake up every day and are like, oh my God, I, you know, I can't believe how every bet that I made works or how uh, everything that I'm doing works properly. Ryan, you've, you and I have been doing this forever. And we wake up every single day going like, what the hell did we get ourselves into? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's like, the reality. No, that, that's, it's funny. But when you look at those, you know, those Instagrammable moments, um, you look at somebody's, you know, 30 second story. That's an accurate reflection of exactly how much of their life was like that, right? It was that 30 seconds. It's not like you can extrapolate that out to the rest of their life. Um, and it's super unhealthy. We, we definitely hammered on this in other episodes, but, you know, looking at those things and then copying that behavior and, and pretending that, you know, you too are also crushing it while knowing that other person's not actually crushing it, right? Remind yourself of that. You don't need to, to mimic that behavior. You don't need to, to, to add sound to this echo chamber. Uh, it's super unhealthy across the board. Right. You know, it's funny. Uh, imagine if we had like honesty day where people could only post on social media how things were actually going. <laughs> Right. And I don't just mean your personal life, but let's, let's say within startups, right. no one would ever want to start a startup again. Right. No. You know, it yeah. was like, Hey, here's my divorce papers, you know, from, from my spouse who says that they haven't seen me in two years. Right. Like yeah. that would be the honest version of how things are going or your kids like at, at yet another soccer game that you're not at. Right. You name it. Right. Yeah. It, or, or showing your bank balance or your 12 past due <laughs> bills. Right? <laughs> right. I'm crushing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what's actually happening. Right. And I'm not saying that like every single person starting something, um, everything's going terrible. What I am saying is I think we've used this hustle porn to start to mask like, you know, what's actually happening and trade yep. it for this self-aggrandizing behavior around how well things are going. And you know, what's yep. interesting, you mentioned the founder groups and I'm saying this because we have a whole live studio audience of founder group folks. We sit in on these, Right. And yes. I've had conversations. I'm looking at you folks now, and, and I've had conversation with you, uh, conversations with you, where we talk about what's actually happening. <laughs> I've never been in a founder group where everyone sat down and it was just a crush fest, where everyone was like, "I just can't believe how well things are going." Right, twenty four seven crushing it. Right, and look, see you guys next month. If things are going well, by all means, post it. Right, yeah. I'm all for it. We need good moments, but. What I want to get out of the habit of, and I want the culturally, you know, among founders get out of the habit of, is kind of just a bullshit version of crushing it. Look how hard I'm working, and I'm just going to totally ignore everything it just cost me, right? Right, right. It, it, it just, it doesn't add up. 
It doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, it, it's super dangerous because it allows you to not only externally mask what's going on, but to convince yourself of the same thing. You're like, you know, well, I must be crushing it, right? I'm doing, I'm doing what everybody else says they're doing. Um, and, and everybody high fives me for this shit. And so therefore I must be doing the right things, right? It's super, super dangerous because it will obscure the, the truth and, and the, uh, the actual output that's required, uh, from you yourself, right? And this is really dangerous, right? It's not great to lie to other people. It's way more dangerous when we start to lie to ourselves, right? As founders, um, convincing ourselves of the non-truth uh, is is a surefire way to start down that slippery slope towards the death of of all that you've you've worked to build. It also masks the the simple question, which are is are you okay? <laughs> right. No, we're not okay. No, <laughs> this is just, hard shit. We just right? send out shirts that say that to everybody, just like yeah. Not okay, right? I feel like that would just be, it should be part of every founder's uh, uh, weekly weekly wardrobe. Well, I mean, but again, and so we're talking a lot of, you know, externality. When we talk yep. internal to the company, right? Yeah. I think there's also a challenge there. I think w- when we're talking about, oh my God, you know how we push th- so hard as a team and we work so much, we're here on the weekends, thanks for your dedication. And no one stops. And this is, you know, the founders, the you know, founding team, executives, et cetera, and says, are you guys Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, like I understand how much we took away from you. How can we give some back? That needs to be a conversation that we're having. Right. Yes. Where we're actually looking out and saying, hey, that's fine when we push extra hard, we push into the red, but we got to put it back. Right. For ourselves, for our team, for the people around us, you know, in our lives. And I'd love to see that part of the conversation. Like that would be amazing because I think that would give people more balance and more perspective. For sure. All right. So let's 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 get closer to putting a bow on this. Let's talk about who's not crushing it or not talking about crushing it, right? Tends to be the people who are actually getting shit done, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. people who aren't <laughs> shouting, I'm crushing it, uh, you know, to the masses are, are the ones who are actually getting things done, right? If, if you're busy and, and you're, you're satisfied with your output and things are going the right direction, uh, you tend to spe- spend less time trumpeting it, right? Right. And I think there's a lot, lot to be taken away from that. I got called out on that. So uh, 2007, uh, we'd raised money for this company called Afford It. And one of my investors, one of the, like, the seed investors, was a guy named Cameron Pours and Johnny. And Cameron had sold Price Grabber uh, for like $350 million back yeah. in the day. It was one of LA's like early hits. And uh, I'm at some conference and I'm doing some talk about something startup-y. I don't remember what it was. And, uh, and Cameron walks up to me and he's such a direct guy. And he said, what the F are you doing here? Right? And I'm like, Huh? In a conference, like I'm giving like a keynote here, right? He's like, "Why are you here?" He's yeah. like, "Instead of telling everybody how great you're doing, you should be back in your office right now, actually doing it." <laughs> and I didn't know how to respond. I was you weren't like, still on stage when that happened, were you? Like, That's incredibly honest and true. And normally, yeah. nobody ever says that, right? They think right. it, but he had invested money with me, um, and he said as much. He's like, "Stop telling everybody how great you're doing, and get back to the office and go do it." And I'll never forget yeah. that company went out of business, so it didn't work very well, but it was a really good <laughs> if thought. If only you hadn't gone and done that keynote, Will. Like, that was probably <laughs> that the deciding keynote. moment. That was the beginning oh, of the end. But, but, it, but to, your right, to, to your point, what he was saying was, right, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, go focus on the work, and the work will speak for itself, right? The people who spend all their time on social media telling you about the work or in the office telling you how much they're, they're working are usually the people that aren't getting the work done. Right, the people getting the work done are too busy to be talking about it. Right, their heads down, they're they're focused, etc. 
And if we are that person, if we are the self-aggrandizing person, me at the keynote, whatever, we need to shut the F up. Like Cameron's advice was a hundred percent on, right? No, I, I think you, I think you, you nailed it before when you said that what we're really ending up doing then is focusing on, on the distractions rather than the inputs that are actually driving the outcomes. And we're doing ourselves absolutely no favors in that regard. Yeah. Look, here's the way I look at it. I think we need to put an end to hustle porn, right? We literally need to put a bullet in this thing, right? We need honesty porn. We need transparency porn where people start talking about what's actually happening, right? The work they're actually getting done, the outcomes they're having, the failures they're having, right? The costs, the sacrifices, et cetera, of how this thing is really going. Because what will happen is when we start to do that, we'll start to build a circle where people start supporting each other and have an honest dialogue of what's actually happening. All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.